Welcome this morning. Welcome to this time of meditation and prayer and sharing. Please join us as we turn to hymn number 298, Vene Sancte Spiritus, number 298. Come, Holy Spirit, from heaven shine forth with your glorious light. Vene Sancte Spiritus. Please join us with the ostinato.
Good morning. I, uh, I'm going in my third year here. This is my third year here at uh, Goshen College. And I've had the opportunity to take quite a few classes here and to experience a lot of different professors. Um, a lot of times I'm asked, who is my favorite professor? And uh, this guy's name comes up a lot, the guy you're going to hear speak today. Um, his classes are always uh, engaging and insightful, um, and overall just a good time. I, I learn a lot, and I have a lot of good laughs, too. Some of my best memories in some of my classes are from this man's class. Um, me and my buddies often joke that uh, his, his questions on his test are, are big boy questions. No, no multiple choice or fill in the blank. They, uh, you got to pull, pull together different concepts and think analytically, and it really stretches you, but that's a good thing, I guess, so. Um, outside of the class, he's a faculty uh, facilitator for the Catholic Student Association. He uh, is a member of the Spiritual Advisory Committee. Um, and you see him, you'll see him at soccer games and basketball games. And overall, he's just a, a great guy. And uh, I think you guys will really enjoy uh, his story. I know I'm looking forward to hearing it. So without further ado, uh, please give a, a warm welcome to Professor Kevin Gary. Thank you, Bryce. Uh, thank you, uh, Jessica, Sarah, Jess, for the wonderful music. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Again, my name is Kevin Gary, and I teach in the education department here in my second year. I would like to especially welcome any visitors that are with us today, and if there are any prospective students here, I hope to see you here next fall. So I'm here today to share my faith story. And I should begin by saying that I am a Catholic with strong Mennonite sympathies. I grew up going to Catholic schools, ending up at the University of Notre Dame. And after I graduated from college, I entered the seminary, studied to be a priest. It was a formative time. I learned a lot more about the Catholic traditions of social justice and spirituality. But I ended up leaving. I wanted to be open to marriage and family life. And I'm blessed to have met my wife, Heather, a few years ago, and we have two wonderful children, Evelyn and Lucas. So I find myself now living in a Mennonite context, and what attracts me to Mennonites are the same things that impress me about Catholics I have known. A community of people working for social justice and striving to embody a spiritual way of life. Today, rather than give a narrative history of my faith story, I'd like to just provide a window into my spiritual life. And I'm, going to, I'm going to begin with a story I heard uh, from a Jesuit priest about eight years ago. Ten years ago now, a young man checked into a retreat center. He was tired. Actually, he was physically, spiritually, and emotionally exhausted. He had been working himself very hard and he wanted to get away from everything and everyone. He was a Catholic, and so he went to a Catholic retreat center. And when he went to meet his retreat director, he encountered a Jesuit priest. The priest asked him what he did for a living, and the young man was surprised by this question, and he said, you don't know who I am. And the priest said, no, I don't, I don't know who you are. I'm an actor. My name is Chris Farley. Well, that makes sense, the priest says. I don't watch television. Six months later, Chris Farley died 
overdosing on heroin and cocaine. As he often did, he had been partying all through the night, drinking with friends and acquaintances. The combination of drugs, though, that night proved fatal. His brother found him dead the next day in his apartment in the John Hancock building in Chicago, holding a rosary in his hand. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse 19, there is a quote that reads as follows. I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Choose life that you may live by loving the Lord your God. Chris Farley's story I find striking because in the midst of so many destructive and ultimately fatal decisions, he was struggling to do what was, what was right. Chris had been in and out of rehab several times, and the stories were that as soon as he got out of rehab, he would buy everyone in first class a round of drinks on the plane ride home. My faith story is not one of dramatic conversion and transformation, but rather an ongoing struggle to hear and respond to God's voice amidst the many voices I hear within and around me. Voices that push me away from God's love and voices that draw me into God's love. Four voices stand out. The first voice is the voice of perfectionism. This voice, which perhaps sounds harmless enough, can have a dark side. This is a hyper self-critical voice. It finds everything I do lacking or falling short in some way. Even as I speak before you today, I can hear this voice. According to this voice, mistakes are permanent and never forgotten. I'm sorry to say, but this was a voice my sister and I heard from our father, who was quick to criticize and slow to praise. In the book of Genesis, when God looks out upon creation, he sees that it is good, very good. The voice of perfectionism rejects this, doesn't see a vision of goodness, but only finds faults and shortcomings. When I listen to this voice, I'm quick to find fault in others and myself, I'm slow to extend grace. If I listen to this voice too much, I'm pulled onto a roller coaster, deflated or inflated as I compare myself with others. This voice leads me to feel discontent with what I am and to want more, desiring that what I have is not enough. At the same time, the voice can paralyze me, keeping me from taking risks for fear of failure. The second voice is the voice of anger. When driving in traffic, my language without thinking can go from a G rating to an R rating. This voice has, the, the voice of anger has me lecturing enemies in my head, replaying old conflicts over and over again. I recall when I was a freshman in high school, standing in at a mere 98 pounds, when Tommy, a class bully, hit me on the head with a chalked eraser. I did nothing in response. I used to replay this incident in my mind, but in my thoughts, the story ended differently. Instead of doing nothing, I responded with force. And that is where the voice of anger leads, to force, to violence, to getting even. It is the voice of revenge. I do believe there is holy anger, but holy anger is grounded in love, and I had no love for Tommy. The voice of anger is also the voice of entitlement. It expects things to be a certain way and is quick to complain 
and find fault when circumstances or people do not fit my expectations. Ultimately, when I listen to this voice, I become impatient, bitter, respond impulsively, make snap judgments, and become self-absorbed with my own agenda, blind to the concerns of others around me. A third voice, and perhaps the most harmful, is what I would call the voice of apathy. There's a story by Dostoevsky called The Ridiculous Man, and he powerfully captures what this voice looks like. After much misery, the ridiculous man reaches what he describes as a calming awareness. I suddenly felt that it was all the same to me whether the world existed or whether there had never been anything at all. I give up caring about anything. This voice is scary because it leads me to see my own actions and the actions of others as ultimately insignificant. It causes me to care less and increases a desire to escape into trivial distractions. These three voices, anger, perfectionism, apathy, do not bring peace, but stir up anxiety, agitation, and numbness. They lead to self-doubt, self-absorption, and self-destruction. They lead me away from life, away from God's love. Yet amidst the clamor of these negative voices, there is another voice that I'll describe as a voice of love, peace, and freedom. It is the stirrings of compassion within that I feel for others. This voice says all is well and all shall be well. Every day, every moment of each day, you can start out anew. Mistakes are not permanent, but forgiven. There is no situation devoid of hope. Everything, as the Apostle Paul says, is swallowed up in victory. This voice encourages me to extend grace to myself, to laugh at myself, to not take my demands too seriously, to not take my place in line so seriously. I hear this voice in Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Dostoevsky's ridiculous man comes to hear this voice. He's shaken from his apathy by compassion, compassion he is moved to feel for a lost child. These stirrings lead him from indifference about the world to intensely loving the world and everyone in it. Like St. Ignatius of Loyola, he realizes that tears and being moved by compassion is truly a gift from God. This voice of peace, freedom, and love frees me up to detach myself from perfectionist criticism, self-important anger, and deadening apathy, to see them for what they are and to not be controlled by them. But attending to the voice of peace, love, and freedom requires discipline for it is so easy to identify with the other three voices and to let them become who I am. When I'm listening to the voice of peace, love, and freedom, these are some of the indicators that I see in my own life, some tangible expressions. The first is I multitask less. I do each thing deliberately, one task at a time. Second, I check my email less frequently, meaning not every 10 minutes. I'm less interested in gossip. I crave trivial distractions less, 
I make time to, to nurture friendships and also time for solitude. I exercise more regularly. I take time to breathe. I'm better at waiting, better at living with ambiguity. Everything does not need to be resolved immediately. I take in less media, television, and internet. I can become fixated on the news cycle and every sports event that is occurring this week. But most importantly, I listen better. I feel compassion more and I'm a better instrument of God's peace. Lastly, when I'm listening to this voice of peace and compassion and freedom, I make, in a, I make time for prayer. But prayer is not easy. It requires discipline, I find. As soon as I sit down to pray, the three negative voices begin to emerge. The voice of perfectionism, perfectionism says you are wasting your time. The voice of apathy says this will make no difference. And the voice of anger prompts me to think about ways I've been slighted or wronged. When I listen to the voice of love, peace, and freedom, I'm able to resist the voices of despair and choose life by living in God's love. But it is an ongoing struggle. I'd like to conclude today with a prayer by St. Francis that I, can't, I couldn't think of a better prayer that captures the dynamic that I'm speaking about and desiring to choose life, the life that God has given us, and choose God's love. So I'm going to conclude with this prayer. After the, after the prayer, you are dismissed. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith, where there is despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy. O Lord, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. May God's grace go with all of you. Amen.